Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you focus on what's going well in your life. I'll also be interviewing author Robert Crown, who through his experience, he gained a tremendous amount of knowledge and insight on how to overcome hardship, adversity, and suffering. Robert reviews his book, Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins, which will inspire you and give you the courage to overcome any obstacle you may face. For more information on Robert, please visit crownrobert.com. You may also purchase Robert's book on Amazon or in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Focusing on what's going well in your life. One of my favorite quotes is trouble is inevitable, but misery is optional. And it's true. Life happens to all of us. It doesn't matter if you're considered a quote, good person or quote, bad person. Life circumstances are going to happen. We're going to be rocked by it and not sure what to do, but eventually we find our way. I know many people who often look for the negative in life. They say, I've experienced so many negative things, so I just know that the other shoe is going to fall. Or so many things have been going well, so obviously something negative will happen in my life. When we have those types of mentalities, unfortunately, they become self-fulfilling prophecies. Self-fulfilling prophecies are essentially, we believe something will come true, and so we look for it. And unfortunately, subconsciously, we self-sabotage, and the reality is what we feared would come true does, in fact, come true. When my eyes are really tired, I wear blue blocker glasses, which essentially blocks out all the blue light in the light spectrum. The lens is actually yellow. 
So if you've seen any of my Instagram pictures, you'll know that my eyes are really tired. Now let's think of it this way. If my perception is that everything is going to go negative in my life, or I look for the negative, then my perception is going to be just like those yellow lenses. Everything I look at is going to be tainted with that yellow lens. And let's say the things that are going really well are actually part of that blue spectrum. Unfortunately, I can't see it. So if my perception is I'm going through life, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but my mentality or my belief system or even my faith says that it's not going to happen or that my life is going to be with this yellow spectrum all the time, then unfortunately, that's really all I'm going to see. We have a choice, just like that original quote I read about how trouble is inevitable, but misery is optional. We have a choice to live a life that's full of misery. We have a choice to also live a life that's full of happiness, that's full of joy, that's full of peace. It's up to you. I know at times it can be very difficult because life can be very overwhelming for us. But the reality is a situation is simply a situation. It's not your future. Remember, an event you go through is simply an event. It's not the title. It's not the identity of who you are. It's simply an event. Your job, if you will, is to take those glasses off and look for the blue spectrum, if you will. The reality is we can focus on anything we want. If I focus on those things in my life that are going really well, well, the reality is I'm going to see more of them. Think of it like this. If I bring a coin to my eye, all I'm going to see is that coin. The same type of thing. If I bring all the negative to my eye, that's all I'm going to focus on. But if I bring all the wonderful things that are happening, my health, my family, my friends, my business, my dog, my relationships, all of those things are amazing things. Yes, of course, there are going to be obstacles or hurdles in those things. But when I continually focus on what is going well, that's literally all I'm going to see. In psychology, we have what's called strength-based psychology or positive psychology. Those types of modalities actually focus on what is going well. Unfortunately, in some psychology, when you focus specifically on what is not going well, that can become all the patient thinks about when they leave the office. And of course, that has its time and place, but it is important to teach each one of us and to encourage each one of us that we have a choice to focus on what is going well. So my challenge for you today is this. Are you looking through the lens, kind of like those blue blocker glasses that I have, and the world is yellow, or do you take them off? and see all the wonderful, amazing things in your life. There's so many wonderful things that you experience every day, but you have to acknowledge it. You have to realize your life is more blessed than you realize. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. My guest today is Robert Crown, an author and a speaker who has overcome much adversity. Through his experiences, he gained a tremendous amount of knowledge and insight on how to overcome hardship, adversity, and suffering. He's here today to talk about his book, Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins, which will inspire you and give you the courage to overcome any obstacle you may face. Welcome to my show, Robert. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. You have a great name. I feel like I've seen a movie like that, the Robert Crown Mysteries or something. So it's kind of interesting that you're also an author. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I use it as a pen name because uh, my mother's still alive. We'll get into that later, but sure. I just use it as a pen name now. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, I want to just jump right into your origin story because you have a very powerful story that I think many people can relate to in some areas. And of course, it's very traumatic in other areas. But I wanted to jump right into your your origin. So for you as a little boy, prior to the age of 11, and that age is very significant, but prior to that, how was your family life? 
Well, I basically grew up in a dysfunctional family. At my, my time of birth, my mother ended up leaving my dad for a year. And so mm -hmm. she moved back with her parent, with her mother. And after that year, we went back. But they would always, it seemed like they were always fighting, arguing, uh, physically fighting. Uh, they would take it out on us sometimes. Sure, there were some times when I remember being happy, but it was always a case of you're kind of walking on eggshells, sure. waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. So in that, so they, she eventually came back into the household, but obviously she wasn't very happy with that. Right. About a, about a year later. And, you know, they got along at times, but most of the time, it, it, at least from my point of view, they didn't. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, and as children, they may, they may not know all the reasons why what's going on, but they can definitely sense a lot of tension in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In your memoir, it was interesting. So the first chapter is about ice cream. And so I love the, well, I shouldn't say I love because it was a very powerful time in your life, but it's to talk about the, the, the innocence of a child that, you know, having ice cream and enjoying your time. And then while something so traumatic was happening, why don't we delve right into that? So at 11 years old, what happened for you? Okay. Well, it was, it was an April, um, year back in 1974 or 1973. And I got up for school just like any other day. Uh -huh. But on this day, my mom said, you're not going to school. We're going to go see a show instead. So, you know, a kid at that age, 11 years old, woohoo, no school, yeah, right? Of course. We're excited. <laughs> so me and my sisters, my, uh, we're all going to go to the show. My mom said she's going to go out and get gas for the car. And then when she gets back, she'll leave. So she got home, backed the car in the garage, closed the overhead door, came inside and went upstairs and asked us if we wanted some ice cream before we left. And of course, we all said yes. So we went up to get our ice cream. My sisters went downstairs. And as my mom was scooping mine out, I said, what is that crushed up stuff in there that looks like candy? This one has an S on it. And she said, oh, that S, that just means you're special. So just being a naive kid, I didn't know anything else. So I just went downstairs and started eating my ice cream. So not before mm. too long, she came downstairs with a blanket, hammer and nails and started nailing the blanket up on the wall. And I said, what's that for, mommy? And she said, it's a surprise for your daddy when he gets home from work today. So after nailing the blanket on the wall, she went out the garage door, up the four steps, started the car, and went out the back access door around the house into the kitchen. So after a short time, I could smell the carbon monoxide coming in from the garage. Mm -hmm. And I began to feel woozy and sick. Then I called out to my mom. I said, Mom, I think the car's warmed up. We can go now. And at this point, I could see my sisters laying on the floor very uncomfortable um then the the carbon monoxide just started billowing in from the garage and i could taste the filthy grittiness in my mouth and it coated the inside of my nose and my eyes were burning and i could barely breathe i had really bad childhood asthma so it was very difficult to breathe mm -hmm. um so at this point with the ice cream and the stuff in the ice cream it was a somnex sleeping pills that were in there mm and all the carbon monoxide coming in, I had this virgin thought enter my mind. And it, and it said, this is what death feels like. You're going to die. Wow. Such a powerful, I mean, such a powerful experience, but not only that, but to recognize what death means at, at 11 years old. Yeah, I was, I was really surprised myself, but I wasn't panicked or anything. I felt calm. And then I just... Um, you know, that was it. I just closed my eyes and started fading out. And then 
I remember this voice was clear as day and it, it woke me and it said, get up and go for the door, go for the door. So I didn't even question it. I just stood up and tried to make my way to the door. It was probably only 20 feet, but it seemed like I was, had to go 20 mm, yards. Sure. And as I was trying to stumble across, I got to my sisters and I wanted to help them. You know, at this point, their bodies were lifeless and their limbs were in awkward positions. But I know I, I didn't have much strength left. So if I did, it would be the death of us all. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision to keep going for the door. I finally made it to the steps and I had to actually lift my leg up uh, to go up the steps because I had absolutely no strength in my body. And while I'm going up the steps, the car is backed into the into the garage. So the exhaust is about a foot and a half from my face. Oh just, my gosh. You know, breathing on me like a fog machine. Um, I finally made it up the stairs, opened the door, and I'm like standing on the threshold of life and death. And I felt like I wasn't out of it yet. Now, this is 1970, what is it, 1972, 1973. We got a six foot privacy fence up. And, you know, nobody's home during the day usually back then. Mm-hmm. So I did all that I could to try to cry for help, but just a meager help came out of me. And then I gave it one more try with every ounce of energy I had left and I tried help and it wasn't loud enough to wake a sleeping baby <laughs> sure and then all of a sudden I felt this piercing grip around both my arms and then somebody began to shake me violently screaming Robert Robert and I didn't recognize the voice and it was hard for me to focus my eyes but when I did it was my mother and then a flurry of thoughts raced through my mind mm. like where did you go why did you leave me why did you let this happen to me And then the grave reality set in, you know, is she going to finish me off? Mm -hmm. And at that point, she snapped out of it, went in the house and called my dad. And fortunately, we all survived. Wow. So how is it for you at 11 years old to realize that your mother just tried to to kill the three of you? Well, it's it's you didn't realize it at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you just thought it was some kind of accident. And it wasn't something like where. You know, you heard about some lady just driving in the pond. I mean, this was planned out for some yeah, time that she was going to do this. So, I mean, to think that your own mother, the person that's supposed to care for you and nurture you, and she did while I was young because I had really bad childhood asthma. So she would always look after me and then have her do this. I mean, it's a mind game that you never want to play. No, of course <laughs> not. Well, if I may ask from a psychological standpoint, did your mother have, was she diagnosed with anything? No. No, she just, uh, yeah, mother-in-law syndrome, I guess. That was a problem <laughs> mm. because she didn't get along with uh, my dad's mother. And I guess they would have, she was very young when she got married. She had her first child at 17. She had me at 19. So, I mean, my God, you're still a, you're still a baby then, yeah, you know, trying to figure out life. So right. it was, it was very hard for her too. So she just couldn't handle it. Yeah. One last question about that particular aspect of it. Was she arrested for anything? No, okay. nothing, no charges, no, she went to a hospital for a few months. I mm-hmm. mean, okay. we received no therapy, um, oh, nothing. Gosh, wow. no questions, no discussion about it. I didn't even talk to my sisters about it until about eight months ago. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. how, how was it for you growing up knowing that this happened? Because it makes, I don't say makes more sense. It's because it'll never make sense, but you have a f- deeper understanding of those types of behaviors of what she did. How did you internalize that growing up? 
Well, it was very difficult because I didn't realize the extent of it or what was happening in my life when that happened. Mm -hmm. um, I realize now at a young age, you can form paradigms and thought patterns because, you know, you don't have a conscious mind yet. But later right. on, I realized going through uh, traumatic events that this can also create like an instant paradigm for you. Mm -hmm. And obviously my behaviors in school, I began fighting with other children. Of course. Um, you know, getting suspended from school. Um, I ran away from home. That's a whole other story. Uh, lived on the streets. I was sexually abused. Got in drugs. Um, you don't trust people. It's hard to make friends. Yeah, of course. Did you have a specific moment that of, of, of I guess, an an epiphany that says there's something more for life or something out of, I want more out of life than what I'm experiencing. Some, some type of transformational thought. Well, that didn't really happen till later. I mean, as far mm -hmm. as trying to figure out my life and why it was the way it was. And the thought was, um, and that happened when I was 45 and it came from watching the movie, the secret. And at that age, that's I a was, great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was homeless at that point. My wife and my four children were homeless. And, the last 45 seconds when Michael Beckwith was talking, he was talking about this power within you will begin to emerge mm -hmm. uh, once you begin to think properly. And that really stuck with me. And I think what resonated the most with me is you hear all sorts of people talking all the time that, you know, if you do this or that, you're going to be able to change, you know, but sometimes that stuff doesn't resonate with you. You don't sure. feel it inside. Mm -hmm. But the last sentence he said is... Um, you know, he said that it will feed you, guide you, clothe you, protect you, sustain your very existence if you let it. And he said, this is what I know for sure. And I got goosebumps all wow. over my arm right now because I felt that. I mm -hmm. felt his vibration. I felt that there's truth in that. Yes. And that's what I hung on to. And it still took me many years later to overcome stuff. But I finally realized it was my thinking and the way that I would think about things. And always what could go wrong in the negative instead of what could go right in the mm -hmm. positive. Sure. Well, that goes back to those paradigms that we create as a child. For people who don't know what a paradigm is, it's essentially a framework of how we look at the world or how we do something. So as a child, you had this certain paradigm that you had. And then at 11, when this happened, it reformulated your outlook on life, how you saw the world. And then it, was, it shaped who you were until you had this epiphany from the secret. Yeah. Yeah. And they come in, in many, many forms. You know, I sure. mean, it happens to people all the time in relationships, you know, the same thing happening over and over again. And this is basically from the paradigm that was established when we were younger or through a traumatic event we went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the reason for you to write this memoir? There was only one reason why I wrote it, mm -hmm. and that, that is to give people hope, faith, and courage that they can overcome the struggles that they face in their own life. Yeah. That's the only reason I wrote it. Uh, the idea for the book came when I was in counseling with my wife, and I told the counselor my whole life story within an hour. And I asked her out of curiosity, I said, have you ever heard of anybody going through all the stuff I have? And she said, Robert, in 25 years of counseling, I've counseled people that come from dysfunctional families, addicts, gang members, people that have been in prison. And I've never heard of anybody that went through as much as you did in your life. And to be where you are today is an accomplishment. So jokingly, I said, I should write a book. And, <laughs> be careful what you say. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, right. And then as soon as I said that, it was kind of like, because at that moment in time, I didn't really care if I lived or died or whatever. Sure. I really uh. kind of, I was, I was a broken man at that point. 
and it, it kind of brought me, it did bring me back to life. It's like you're laying on the op, operating table and you got a straight line on the monitor and they hit you with the paddles and then boom, you know, beep, 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 yeah. you know, you're brought back to life. And that's how I felt. Sure. And that's why I wrote the book. And after I was able to overcome the self and all that, um, I was able to get it out there. And the, the funny thing is I, I reached out bunch of different people to endorse my book and Michael Beckwith um you know wrote something that I could put on the back of it so I'm absolutely oh, totally that. yeah oh that's so cool yeah. Wow, and it's so it's so interesting because he's obviously you think he said a couple seconds ago he's the one who really inspired you to have that breakthrough in your life. So what a what a beautiful thing, a beautiful affirmation or or confirmation that you're definitely on yeah. the right path. Yeah, I'd read it if I could. Yeah, of course. It says, in this book, Robert Crown not only shares the intensity of his outer life story, but also the intimacy of the inner journey he took as a spiritual warrior, determined to be victorious through an evolution, uh, evolution of consciousness from the inside out. Wow. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah, that's it's really great, powerful. Great, great, <laughs> a great compliment, too, and a testament yeah. of, of the journey that you've gone through. It's funny because I was so excited I got it. I didn't even read it when I got the email. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. funny. What would you tell people who are struggling right now, who are going through their own version of hell or their own version of despair? What would be the, the advice you would give them? I would give them, there's a lot of different things you don't know about this world. Humanity has been lied to. There's been a massive lie that humanity has been told. Um, the suffering that we experience in our life in this 5,000-year-old text of the Bhagavad Gita, I found something in there that's kind of like the Holy Grail on how to overcome suffering. And it says, out of so many human beings who are suffering, few question their position as to what they are and why they were put in this position to suffer. Humanity begins when this sort of inquiry is wakened to one mind. So in other words, in order for us to be successful as a human being, we need to awaken to who we truly are. Mm -hmm. And if we awaken to who we truly are, our suffering will end. So what this means is the suffering that we go through in life, it's really an opportunity. And it's intended for us to discover a much deeper aspect of ourself. And that aspects our higher self, the divinity within. Mm -hmm. Now, I wrote my book long before I read that in the Gita, and it's suffering ends when awakening begins. And it's exactly that. Um, so what happens to us is that we go through um, all this adversity and we don't realize what's happening. So it's kind of like playing with Plato, right? Or Sorsto, I call it. Sorsto. So we come from a source, right? Mm -hmm. God, whatever the, whatever people want to call it. So you rip off a piece of that Sorsto. And as we know, source is omniscient, omnipotent, and um, all-knowing. Yeah. So, and if we take a piece off, that piece of it has all those same qualities in it, right? So now this is you and your multidimensional body. So here you are in your multidimensional body. Now you and your buddies, you want to go down to the third dimension, but you can't go down there just like this, right? You need a container or a human body. So in order to have a human, uh, to go into a human body, you have to put this multidimensional body into a human body. So what that means is that all these same characteristics of source are within this human body. Mm -hmm. So why don't we realize this? Well, it's kind of like the same thing when we were little, right? Most of us kids believed in Santa Claus, right? <laughs> now, why would anybody lie to us about Santa Claus? But similarly, these false beliefs have been placed over humanity as well, and it caused us to lose touch with who we really are. 
And I call these beliefs like the veil of delusion or the veil of ignorance that I once wore. So what we need to do is we need to awaken to who we truly are, remove these veils that were placed upon us and connect once again with our higher self. I think that, and I agree with you 100%. It's so interesting because today or nowadays, everything is so, so, so superficial. And of course, I, I'm sure I'm part of that superficiality too in my own life. But when you really look at it, everything, it's more about you know, social media and all these different types of things and the true depth of who we are and the ability to really connect with our higher self, our inner self. It's often just full of distractions and people don't realize how they can grow, how they can develop, how they can become something so much greater than what their current situation even dictates to them. So uh, from a very basic standpoint, I think that's so true that we have so many distractions in our life and it really does take away from that ability to reawaken our higher self. Absolutely. And once people do, once people get in touch with the, the, their higher self, that divinity within, their life is going to change dramatically. It certainly will. Yeah. And one of the, there, I mean, there's a reason for all the distractions too, and that's a whole other show. Well, Robert, I can't believe our time is already up, but thank wow, you. I know, fast. right? It was really fast. <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. If my listeners want to find out more information about you or even to purchase your book, Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins, where would they find this information online? They would find my book on Amazon. Uh, you can find me online at crownrobert.com. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> Excellent. So what I'm going to do, Robert, yeah. I'm, also, I'm actually going to put your book, Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins, in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if people are able you. to find it on Amazon, simply go to my website. Once again, that's jamesmillerlifeology.com. And in the store there, you can find uh, this book, Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins, and it'll link you directly with Amazon. Robert Crown, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, James. I greatly appreciate it as well. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.